It's the Back to Back Podcast. It's Coach Dave Thorpe. It's your host, Dave DeFore. We are back together again. Uh, Henry Henry uh, let me out of the basement after uh, kidnapping me and taking over the show last week. One of my favorite shows of the year, by the way. You guys were awesome. It was so much fun. I was like refreshing my uh, my podcast app. Yeah. Laying on my couch sick, re- refreshing the podcast app, waiting for that show to drop. I didn't even know like what time you guys were recording. I had texted you good luck, and yeah. apparently you guys were like right in the middle of it. But yeah, uh, we are. man, it was so much fun. I really appreciate that. I was just talking to him this morning. Um, uh, I, because he's been out for so long and I've not, I've done this enough times where people don't really tend to say, hey, I mean, in person, like, hey, coach. I, or, or my friends locally typically call me David, except for right. my players uh, that I coached a long time ago. Um, they don't normally say anything at all about what we do uh, or what I do on the other show. Um, but I did get a lot of people talking, Dave, about uh, what we did with Henry because it wasn't about basketball. And that's not to say that we should never be talking about basketball. It's more of we all have lives outside of basketball. And on an occasion, it's nice that we get out of it. And actually, I thought of you because – I, I didn't tell you when we first started doing this uh, to we should I didn't say we should always end our shows with something beyond basketball. It just kind of have evolved very naturally. You've always asked it the right way. And I, I to me, I'm always mindful of of that. And, and Adam Silver and we talked about this last week where Adam Silver talked about how unhappy his players are. And I was talking to a really close friend of mine, Lee Klein, last night, Lee's dad founded five-star basketball with it with Howard Garfinkel and Lee kind of took it over for many years and ran it. And he's now a professor up in, in the New York area, New Jersey. And uh, he has teenage boys, 18 and 20. Well, one's, he was, was a teenager. Now he's 20 in college. And we talked last night about um, just the anxiety of that generation. And uh, it, you know, players go through it and there's reasons why we talked about it last week. Uh, and so anything we can do Dave to, Help alleviate that anxiety. It's a fair and it's a fair and noble goal to have, right? Right. I actually, you know, my opinion on this is that it's it's pretty simple. We have a news cycle that is constant. It's 24 hours a day, it's seven days a week. It isn't like it was 25 years ago. But I think that if it was, those guys would have been just as miserable or maybe they were just as miserable. We just didn't know about it because they didn't talk about it openly. They didn't you know, they didn't have social media to vent. They didn't have a microphone in their face anytime they were in public. And so, you know, I don't know if, if we can really, we can't tell whether guys are more unhappy now or not, but I do think that Adam Silver, at least saying that, Hey, it's a problem that at least is a step in the right direction. You know, you can't solve a problem unless you admit that there is one. Yeah. And that's what he and I were talking about last week too, that, uh, I think that there's a natural feeling of protection and safety and security that we all fake most of our lives growing up. You you want to you look the part, even if you don't necessarily feel the part. And I think a lot of times that's a good thing. Yeah. It just depends on what part you're playing. Like for me, when I was a young coach, I always brought a briefcase to practice. I always wore I, I went into debt to buy a, my first two suits. Because I I did I didn't want to wear I was sweating through the sweaters I was wearing yeah but but now when I look at how high school coaches dress 
Uh, I see him in like nice jeans and T-shirts and polos, untucked. Uh, they look like slobs. And, and so I like that I faked it back then. I, 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 I wanted to look the part, but I also wanted to, to show the value I placed on what was happening. Right. And so I think that is a failure on people today. On the other hand, honesty, vulnerability, these are things that if you're willing to admit it, you are going to feel more anxious than you would faking it. But in the end, I think in the long term, you'll you can resolve situations because you address it. So right. I, I, I'm a end, fan I'm of side. I'm a fan of fake it till you make it. I, I think that it's one of the most important things you can do. You know, if you want to do something, you're not going to be an expert right away. You're not going to be very good at it usually. I mean, this is this is what I did as a coach. I, I faked my way in to to coaching a team that I had no experience, like I had no credentials to coach. Literally, just could talk the talk. But then I backed it up. I worked my butt off and and you know showed results. But it was an opportunity I had no business getting in the first place. But you know, again, that's almost everyone's success story. Absolutely not. Not the fraud stuff that we saw yesterday with the uh, the FBI raid. I want to talk about that. Yeah, that's not the same. That's that's fraud compared yeah. to hey, someone offered me a job. You know, if you lied on your resume, that's fraud. Right. If you simply say I can do this, when your mind you're like, I don't fucking know if I can do this or not. Yeah. That's life. Like, yeah. We all do that all the exactly. time, and uh, because no one would give you the job if you're like if you're like, well, you know, I'm not sure I can do it. Right. Until you get to a certain point where it's cool to be honest. Like, like honestly, now when I talk to players and they'll say, coach, do you think I can make it? Whatever. I just try to be truthful. Like, I don't know. And I, then I try to tell them exactly why I don't know. Here's right. the variables. Here's what I see. Here's the obstacles I'm worried about. Here's the stuff I'm not worried about. They appreciate the honesty. But when you're a young guy or a young girl too, of course, yeah, you got to You got to show uh, a fake confidence sometimes. Uh, and then you, hopefully you grow into it. This is why, you know, I make this point a lot to to like younger players and stuff that I'm working with, like humility only there's a there's real humility. And then there's the humility that people think is humility. I, this is like a convoluted way of saying this. I think humility is overrated because you're never going to get a job being humble. doesn't mean you have to put other people down or any of these other things. To me, that's that's more humility. Like you can lift yourself up, talk yourself up, be confident without putting other people down. That's real humility. Like humility in the sense where I can't talk about what I'm good at or my achievements or any, well, good luck getting anywhere. You're not going to, you're not going to get hired for that job. Uh, nobody's going to think about you when a job pops up. Like, you have to pitch and sell yourself. And so, yeah, I, I think when, when people, especially to young basketball players, like, no, don't be humble, do your thing right now. You don't have to like shit on other people to do it. But don't don't be humble. Show off. I want to see what you can do. Like th there's not like humility just doesn't belong on the basketball court. Yeah. So my approach to it is I, I always just kind of look at honesty and or and, and, and truth. Go. I think it's one reason why Henry and I have, are are friendly. Um, he's he's got a fetish for the truth in a sense. But um, I I I'm accused by those that don't know me of being super arrogant. Uh, part of they don't know me. They don't realize like I'll make comments. You know, I'll say, I, I didn't know I'd be, I didn't know I'd have this good looking. I'm not serious. Right. No, I have no yeah, idea. Yeah, exactly. I, I know my wife thinks I look fine. My mom think, thinks I'm oddly handsome, whatever. I'm joking. It's part of a show that I'm doing in a right. sense. It's like my shtick a little bit. If they knew inside my head, how average I've always felt almost my entire life in terms of how I looked, 
they would know, but they don't know that. They know that I dress nicely, I drive a nice vehicle, my wife is very pretty, I walk around with confidence. And so when I joke like the things like I say, they think that I'm arrogant. My friends know the truth. And more importantly, you're right. Uh, I, I know I play a role in lots of, other, lots of people's lives on the basketball court. I know I've had an impact on a lot of people. The difference between me and, and the arrogant person is I don't think I'm the only one that mattered to them. Right. I'm the first one to recognize they had a middle school coach. They had AAU coaches. They had a high school coach. They had a college coach. They had multiple NBA guys who all have five, six, seven assistants, not just the head coach. It's nice to think that I'm the reason why some guy did well and some guy got paid. But the reality is I'm one of a lot. And when I've been in a position, and I'll tell you one quick story. I went to a gym one time in Sacramento. I had a player playing there, great player. Kevin Martin was there. And before preseason camp started, I came to see him for a couple of days. He had been with me in the summer. And for whatever reason, I went out there. I don't remember why. And he's like, he took me to a gym that he worked out. And I thought we were going to work out. Well, it turns out there was a local guy there that had like open gym and he put him through and I'm not exaggerating. He put him through things like a three man weave. And like, these were like Matt Barnes in the gym. Kevin's in the gym. Uh, a couple of their draft picks from the gym. He was already a 25 a game guy. Um, and then a college players, whatever. And it was, you know, a sixth grade workout. And, and Kevin loved it there because he could just, it was just getting him ready for camp and the grind of a season where he gets double teamed every night because the Kings mostly sucked, whatever. And, uh, and later on, there was a, back then there were like blogs and chat rooms and stuff. And someone sent me a link where this guy kind of took credit for Kevin's success in Sacramento. And, and I got in on the chat. I'd never even heard of the chat before. And, and I, I agreed. Like, who cares? Like, right. I know the truth. I know, I know how Kevin feels about me. I know he paid me every year, fairly. I had, I had, a, I had an agreement with him. Uh, he, he's to this day, he's still like my son. Why do I have to pop, you know, to spout off on the other guy who I don't think really was suggesting none of us mattered. Right. But if I was less confident, I would have been offended. Right. I mean, I'm very confident. And so Kevin loved this guy. He's a good yeah. dude. He opened the gym up in the offseason. Great. Why does that have to be about me? And so, well, so that's not humility to me. That's just honesty. Right. I'm not the only person helping guys. Well, the number one guy is the player himself, right? Like that, that I think gets lost quite a bit, especially due to social media. Like we've talked about social media trainers and these guys that like, I'm sorry, man. Like, I don't, I don't need to see this player's workout to know that he's working out. I just assume that these guys are working out, but you're always going to see those trainers in the video, right? I don't know if you've ever paid so, attention Dave, to this. You're, you're hitting a very important point to me now. Yeah. This, this is uh I feel like some, in some case I screwed up because I, I started this business. Like right. literally, uh, there were, there's always been player development. I'm very quick to say I didn't invent player development. Right. I invented in a sense, the business of earning a, that was the only thing I did to make money. To, that's why my dog was named Spalding. The right. Basketball paid <laughs> for our house and the dog yeah. and everything yeah. else. Um, uh, and, and somewhere it got lost. What I, I never was comfortable to this day, I'm still not comfortable uh, building my business through marketing the players that are in my gym. Right. I, I had an NBA guy in my in my gym this weekend. I, I didn't. I, I was on Twitter and, and Instagram. I didn't post it uh, uh, at all. Um, uh, my assistants didn't post his name at all. We were. He came to get some help on something, and so I helped him. 
Yeah. I, I, it's not my job to say, hey, look at me. I help this kid. I'm not sure I help him or not. I tried to help him anyway. We'll see if he comes back. I, I think he likes it just liked it just fine. I, I, I don't know. The idea of, of building yourself through the success of others directly, I don't love that. I also don't love that. Um, this is actually a good segue that I'm going to take advantage of. I also don't love that the, the drills became the story. The story is the player getting better, not right. your drills and skills. And so I, I literally, because of this exact issue, uh, and I, I've, I've had people always trying to get me to do online training the way I do our pros all over the world. In fact, we hang up. The reason why I have a hard out is because I have some stuff I have to do because I have to go watch one of my students play in the EuroLeague at two o'clock on, on right. TV, on, you know, on the internet here. Um, and so I, I help players all over the world. I don't see them personally. They live in, this guy lives in Germany. Today he's playing in, uh, he's playing Zalgris. He's in Lithuania today. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think we have a process that can help other players. And I, I wrote a business plan 10 years ago. I just don't have time to do it. I've got some assistants that want to do it because they know we can help players play better basketball. And what we are going to be doing is fancy drills and skills that look right on the internet. What we are going to be doing is showing them how to do it on video, walking through the process, and then interactively letting them shoot the video of your workout, send your questions to us. We will see what you're doing wrong. Like I do my, my in the off season, my pros aren't here. They shoot video of themselves and they send it to right. me. What did this look like? What did this look like? I give them comment or I just send back video of what they're supposed to look like. Yeah. Any, so any trainer cool. that has a guy doing 25 dribble moves into a mid range pull yeah. up. That's not happening. Like, it's well, just well, not NBA. On, so let's talk about that. So yeah, that is a, my son will have him do that sometimes, but it's a ball handling workout. Right. It's like, not this about, is not, I, he knows dad, I'm not doing this in a game. This is just a chance to get some extra handles in. Right. And also they love to shoot. You're right. The difference is they're not telling the player, don't do this in a game. They do too much stuff with the ball in their hand. This has always been an argument in mind. I think if you want to tailor a workout for, for a wing, right? It should look like Danny green plays in a game. It should be a lot of relocating, getting to the corner, making a quick pass, taking a shot. And, and that's, Again, dribble drills are all a, a secondary thing, but all your shooting should be catch and shoot, move, catch and shoot, move. Unless, you're, shoot. unless you're the primary scorer on your team and, and yeah. there's a shot clock in your league, which for pros there are. Right. Uh, I, I agree. I, I don't like in high school. I, I don't like contested shots anywhere. Yeah. Uh, because even at the rim, it should be uncontested. If you can't get uncontested, throw it to someone that can. Right. Um, I, I'm a big believer in ball handling and passing, mm -hmm. uh, but not for you to score. I'm a big believer in ball handling to, to release pressure, handle yeah. pressure, and create for someone else to get an uncontested shot. Yeah, I, I like to teach decision, quick decision making, right? So you want to catch the ball, and you're either going to the hoop, you're passing it, or you're shooting. And that's and that's how all of my drills start. It's good. Um, I want to get into the questions because yep. uh, we're doing yep. like a little bit of Q and a, cause it's been a while. I okay. uh, got one, a couple last night uh, from the discord. And uh, this is from iPod Shun friend of the show. What kind of advice do you give to players that you've worked with to, to help them deal with the differences between the regular season and the playoffs? This is actually a perfect time for this, for this question. Um, so when you're trying to explain to a guy how he should prepare himself for playoff games versus regular season games. Is there a difference? Yeah. 
Uh, it's a great question. And I'm sure, again, going back to what I was saying earlier, I'm not the only person doing this for the player. He's got coaches. But what I've learned is they tend to leave their pros alone. College is different. And so it gives it gives someone like me a, a voice to have some uh, to, to dictate some until they get some experience. But, yeah, so there's a few things. We dive deeper into details for the opponent because you're going to see that opponent more than once. So the, uh, I'll send players sometimes uh, shot charts from cleaning the glass. Uh, like it's pretty amazing how one side or the other of a, of a court will be covered in paint in a sense. Guys tend to like to go left, they like to go right, and there's no – it's variable. The righty might like to go left. The righty might like to go right. You don't really know. So we send them that during the regular season. And the playoffs, will start getting out to favorite move, favorite counter move to that. The only guy I focus on counters right now with is Giannis because his spin is so devastating and vulnerable. If you really uh, take away that's, that uh, hard straight line drive, you almost know he's going to spin. And if you spin fast enough over, you can you can make a play on the ball or you can help on it. So and that's what, guy. that's what Gobert was doing in the first half of that game against Utah. He was sitting on that spin move. Yeah. He's ready. Well, you, yeah. Can't, yeah, you, you can't just sit on it, though. You have to force it and then go get it. Because otherwise he'll straight line dunk on you, which right. which is impossible to guard for him. Now keep in mind, you can try to force him to spin, but he might euro step you and dunk on you, <laughs> right. and you'll get an elbow in the in the chops. Yeah, he's he's an alien. But um, in the postseason, so we'll do much deeper breakdowns, favorite move, counter move to it. Uh, we'll we'll look for adjustments that the other team makes game to game that we can start anticipating once we see it. Uh, and then the other part is like nothing. This is the one time where nothing else exists but but these games and if they have it, your family. So this is the one time where if you don't have wife and kids, you you know, have have hours where your phone is on and then shut it down. If you, because people want to get in touch with you for lots of reasons. Uh, have it available at certain times, shut it down. At night, if you want to watch NBA games, shut your mind off and just enjoy them as a fan, that's fine too. Uh, don't burn the candle at both ends. Uh, you're cutting alcohol out. You're cutting really salty food out. You're, you're finding a routine. Don't try foods you haven't eaten before. You know, most people don't have a, a two and a half, three month run to the finals, but I'm lucky enough to have coached some guys that have won and lost championships, meaning they made it to the final game. That's a long stretch, April, June. Uh, you can't never have one sip of beer if you're 30 years old. Please just be really, really mindful. Uh, you can't never try a food you've never tried before at a restaurant. Just be mindful. Make sure it's maybe a series is over. You have three days before the next one starts because you don't want to lose a game. You don't right. want to lose. And I've had players get sick and they were borderline rotation players. They get a little sick. They miss a game. They never get back in. And so that sucks. I've actually never. That's amazing. I've never even thought about that. Like just the body stuff that you have to do, like. Not just, uh, you know, conditioning and, and get, you know, taking care of yourself and doing all your post game work and all your pregame stretching, but like being careful of what you eat. Don't eat any sketchy Mexican food. Yeah. Uh, any, any. If you're in Thai, the playoffs. Mexican, American. Well, think about what you said, Dave. Yeah. You, you weren't feeling great last week. That's right. Uh, the good news is these guys have trainers and doctors watching out for them, but uh, any, any little thing weighs them down a little bit emotionally, right? Right. Uh, you just you want to control everything you can control. And then what might maybe my favorite thing to do personally is I'll do scouting reports of my own guys that I that I help um, as to what I'm seeing is how I guard them. 
Yeah. And, and, and I, and I, this was back in the day. More recently, I have friends that from teams that will send me because they're out of the playoffs, what their scouting report was on my players. And I'll share that with my guys sometimes. So I can say, Hey, here's what team, here's the report on you. Luckily I, they've never uncovered anything. I don't see. We have so many, we have access to so much data now as media people and as fans. I, I and I know my players well, but, um, that's the big thing is, is take care of the things you can control and, and get your routine in place, your morning workout, your after the, after practice workout, your stretch, your massage, whatever, boom, routine, routine, routine. And so that you don't have to think about anything until game day game. When the game starts, you're, you're clear of mind. Yeah. Um, from Paul Bowl, another friend of the show, Patreon. Um, why aren't we still seeing more high schoolers take the G League route instead of going to college? I think this one might be easy. Really easy. It, it might be that the money just isn't enough. Right. It's going to change. What, next year is it? Yeah, they're going to pay more money to like the top guys. Yeah, it, it, that's all. I used to always say 75000 uh get some of these guys to come right away. Uh, I think they're going up above that now. Yeah, they're going to, they're going significantly above like that. 150, I think they're doing maybe? 150. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what they're getting paid a lot of times to go to these colleges anyway. Yeah. 100,000, whatever the five-star guys. So right. yeah, you're going to see, like, I, I really believe that we can talk about this college thing that happened yesterday. Anytime you want, Dave. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this it's, is a great time for that. It's going to change. Like eventually there won't be college sports the way we know it now. I actually think that they, it needs to go away. I mean, again, like in Europe, it's not really a thing. There's club sports and I just, no, think they, they have teams just and the fans, some, some fans go, but it's yeah. not a big business, not a TV. Right. No, whatever. We'll, we'll, our best athletes should be playing the sport. If there's money to be made and you can televise college baseball, if you want to, if, well, if they feel like baseball, televise college sports. basketball, if there's an audience for it, but yeah. you know, like let's, you know, distribute that money a little bit. Like, We're not looking. We have right. enough content in this world. I, I podcast and video too much and on demand and, and movie theaters. I saw kept, I saw Captain Marvel, Marvel, but Captain Marvel yeah. with my family the other day. Uh, there's, it was great. There's plenty of things to do. We don't have to watch more, uh, quote unquote, amateur sports. Yeah. Uh, uh, we can just watch pros. I so will agree to, uh, to play devil's advocate. Yeah. Okay. The NCAA tournament is fun, right? Like, I'm not inherently against the idea of it. It's the business part of it that I don't necessarily like. Did you I ever go? To, no, you're a young guy. Did you ever go to Highlight? Do you know what Highlight is? I know the game. Yeah, but I never went. Yeah, yeah. I know what it is. It used to be like when I was well, when I was younger right. than you. It was Wild World of Sports, right? I didn't watch it. No, we had a live one in Tampa. So oh, when wow. I was 18, you could go. I mean, I'd probably bet you know $10 a night total. Yeah. Uh, I used to bet uh, uh, two, three, seven was my, was my numbers. You can like box of Canela. Um, I, I didn't know any of those players. The game was fast and relatively yeah. exciting. And, um, uh, but we bet money, right? Well, guess what? That's what college sports is all That's about. Too. I don't do it, but most people do. Yeah. So they're going to watch anyway. If right. they can bet, I, they'll watch it. They'll watch turtles race. If they bet a bet on it. Yeah, I, I just think, you know, it's fine that it's fun and it's fine if they make money on it. I just wish that it just wasn't the way it is, right? Like the way it is just doesn't seem very fair. And that's the biggest problem I have with it. It's a little bit un-American that these guys can't make money on their own likeness. Speaking of which, Zion's coming back tomorrow. Is he playing tomorrow so, in the tournament? Yeah, he's going to play. Yeah. So, uh, and I again, I'm assuming... This was his decision. That's great. Like we talked about on the podcast right, right. the day after he got hurt. Everyone. As long as, as long as it's what he wants to do, that's awesome. 
Um, but all right, let's talk about this college, this, this admissions thing, because they actually use college sports as a way to get some of these kids into school. Um, uh, specifically like USC crew, um, they were recruited as crew athletes. The funniest part about this entire thing, uh, funny because nobody got hurt. I mean, certainly maybe some people missed out on going to college because of it. Um, but in, in theory there, you know, no injured parties, but they bought stuff on Amazon to fake photos <laughs> for for the recruiting thing. That is absolutely hilarious to me. Uh, I, I I could not get over the fact. I want to see these photos so bad of them, like in their in their water polo outfits or whatever they were doing. That's so hilarious. But upwards of like half a million dollars. To, to get someone into a college, come on. Like, wh- what are we doing? College is, uh, the bubble's got to burst at some point. I have a whole spiel about the college bubble and how, you know, I think degrees these days, like really all you're doing is taking on a huge amount of debt. You're not getting a lot of bang for your buck for a degree. Um, I think advanced degrees are fine. Like if you want to be a dentist, makes a lot of sense to go get that degree. But if you want to, I don't know, if you want to do most stuff that, People get paid to do. Remember, America is like a service economy. You don't need a college degree. I, I cannot wait till we get to the point where employers stop using this stupid degree as a way to weed people out. I mean, it's kind of lazy. Like they won't they won't even give you an interview sometimes if you don't have a, a piece of paper that says that you I don't know, you paid a lot of money. And you showed up to enough classes for four years. Doesn't say anything about what you are as a person, what your skills are. I mean, I know plenty of dumb people that have college degrees. Oh, yeah, I, I don't think it's just the uh, intelligence part of it. The thing I I mean, I, I'm not going to argue with you at all. Um, uh, getting through college shows that you can make it through something that if you don't have that, you don't necessarily have. But if you've been working. Right. then you have a track record there, too. Yeah. So it's really what we're talking about is a track record. Hey, I know where you've been for four years, more or less. And clearly you did it good enough to be able to get the diploma. Uh, it is, I was talking to my wife about this last night. It's astounding what, what really affluent people will do, uh, to keep up with the Joneses. Yeah. Right. It's not enough that they got that mansion, uh, or eight cars or, uh, a successful career as an actress or an actor, uh, and beautiful kids who are loving and warm, whatever they have to be able to get in a certain school. And, and I'll, we talk about anxiety in young people. Well, where do you think that fucking comes from? Right. I, I, I had a long talk with my wife last night about this exact subject, Dave, of, uh, yeah, I don't, we're not, I don't know that we're great parents. We do our best we're tr- and we keep trying to get better. It doesn't end when they turn 18, 19, you're still their parent, right? You just have yeah. less influence. So we're already, our influence is waning tremendously, but I would say that as of now going into they're, they're two months away from being 18, my kids relatively have low anxiety and they're, they're in national honor society. They're not great students. They're very good students. I sometimes wish they'd be a little bit more anxious about getting into a top school because they want it, but I wouldn't trade that for right. the fact that they're happy, peace, loving, very loving, warm children who've got way too many friends for us to keep count of. Their lives are good. They're happy kids and they're fun to be around. And that counts for something that they're, they're not going to fail at life 
because of that. That's for sure. Right. They're going to succeed at life because they're fun to be around and they're, they're not afraid to work hard. They're not afraid to take, take direction. Well, I went to see my daughter two weeks ago at Tijuana Flats where she works and um, she wasn't there at first. I'm like, where's my daughter? when well, she was cleaning the bathroom. I'm like, well, great. At least they taught her how to do it because she, we, we've never allowed our housekeepers over the years to ever clean their rooms or their bathroom. They had yeah. to do that on their own. They right. did a terrible job, but that's right. because we're mom and dad. We can't kick them out. We'll get arrested. Yeah. But they can get fired if they don't clean them the right way. Yeah. So they learned, she learned how to do it and she, and she rose to the challenge. And, and uh, I, too many of our, gener my generation, not yours so much, have missed that. They've missed our responsibility at helping me. Failure is a part of growing up. And if you, I, when I used to play my son in basketball, I, I didn't believe in destroying him. Sure. Which, which some people do. I, I, I don't know that he ever beat me playing horse when I finally, I, I remember I got him a basket at nine. I put a pole up, but I didn't put the rim up until he was 10. Cause I want him to dribble the ball first. There's right. more to basketball than shooting. And plus he was super small and he had to chuck it up there. Yeah. And then when we started that playing, happens. I only used my left hand. Well, he never knew that I'm completely ambidextrous inside right. like 10 feet because my dad's lefty. So I learned growing up kind of both hands. I eat still eat with my left hand, even though I'm right-handed. So I, I, I didn't, I missed on purpose a lot to keep it competitive. So right. it'd be super fun. I'm sure he beat me once in a while and he didn't celebrate any more than I did when I won. Uh, but what I wasn't going to do is always make sure he won. Right. Or he used to, you don't used learn to, anything that my, way. My wife used to cheat at Candyland to make sure they always lost. So she could make sure they can't, I didn't know that to make sure they knew how to deal with it. She, she That's didn't quote, but she, whatever, it's just a game yeah. move on. And that there's a value to that, that is being lost. And that's why these crazy fucking parents, they they're, they're terrible parents. I'm sorry to say, right. well, not also, because kids aren't great students, but because they fucking cheated to get them in the school. Also, our priorities are so far out of whack. And this is like just another example of this, right? Like, the 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 one lady her her daughter is eighteen and is like this huge internet influencer which is another word I hate but you know the nation of Bhutan has a gross national happiness index and while they're they're like extremely poor they are the happiest people on the planet it's like them and Sweden and Sweden doesn't exactly have great weather most of the year right. So why can't we figure it out? We're the richest country on the planet. We have, you know, allegedly more freedom than anyone else, although that's waning. <laughs> why do we care about dumb shit? Like, I'm sorry, man. Like, going to college, I think, is great. Like, educating yourself is important, whether you do it in college or or elsewhere. Like, if you're a self-motivated person and you can go read a lot of books and, you know, feel like you can learn that way, that's great. Um, you know, I, I think that, all of that is very valuable inherently. But if you can't get into USC, who gives a shit? You know, like, God, man, it drives me crazy. I, well, I just, I don't understand. Like my, my, our, in my state, the best school by far is Florida. Florida state's a very good school. Florida's just better. I went there. I, I don't say it for that reason. I don't care if my kids go there. I've never purchased a Gator item for them in their lives. They're, they're my parents do because they really want them to go there. I would love for my, I'd be able to see my daughter. In fact, I told her, uh, I think Arizona state's a really cool place to go to school. I visited there. I've worked there a little bit. You uh, what an amazing too. area uh, other than I'm your dad. And right. so if indeed you ever need me, I like knowing I can get somewhere in five hours, my car and I'm, I'm at your service. That's just as a dad talking, 
course. There's many dads that send their daughters all over the place, and I could send my daughter to China tomorrow, and I wouldn't be stressed. She's a very, very, uh, she she's very comfortable on skin. She could do anything and fit in. That's her real gift. Uh, I said, so I'd love for you not to go to Zero State, but if you want to go there, we're all in. Uh, but I don't know that she can get into Florida, even if she wanted to. And so I said to her, there's nothing I'm doing about it. I'm certainly not going to be cheating to get her in. Right. You've got to work hard on your SAT score. Your, your GPA is great. And you're going to have to do a great essay. And guess what? If you don't get it, tough shit. That's what grad school or law school is for, because she'll do one of those. If you still want if you still want to go to Florida, well, then kick ass in college and go there for grad school or law school. But what I don't want to do is go somewhere fraudulently. You're not learning anything. Hey, and you'll fail your job one day. $500,000 to the diving coach what a joke. is a small a price joke. to pay. <laughs> yeah, right, right. What a so, joke. So but ridiculous. What, what a disservice it is to the kid. Who, Absolutely. Who's mommy and daddy? I tell you what. At some point, the bribes end. Right. At some point, you can't. Well, maybe, maybe the bribes. Well, end. yeah, that's true. Uh, uh, but that's again, it's against the law. So uh, I'm, you know, to me, uh, my wife and I have this great little story where we took our kids once to Animal Kingdom. You ever been to Animal Kingdom? Uh, yeah, the Disney, Disney one. Yeah. I love yeah, it. So yeah, it's beautiful. They were like, huh? Yeah, it's cool. Beautiful. So my kids are, uh, you know, we live here, so we we went there a hundred times. I'm right. not even joking. A hundred days between the parks because it's a 90 minute drive. So they were like three, three years old. They're in their, we had strollers for them. We had uh, individual ones. And then sometimes we put them together. And um, in this case, for the parks, you do individual because they're easy to get, get on off the monorail and the tr- yeah. trams. And they wanted to get pizza at 11 o'clock in the morning, whatever it was. And we're like, no, we're not getting pizza yet. And they, they were exhausted. We, we, we did Disney like five days in a row. They started crying. So you know what my wife and I did? We high-fived. <laughs> yes, because we know when they cry, when there's no reason, we're at fucking animal kingdom. Right. They know we're going to feed them. They've never starved a day in their lives. <laughs> right. If they're crying out, it means they're exhausted. They're going to fall asleep on their own, and we're yeah. going to have a nice, quiet afternoon. We're going to go back to the condo. We're going to put them in bed. We're going to yeah. hang out, whatever. We high five. They cried. They didn't make it out of the strollers to the tram before they passed out because we That's knew our awesome. kids real well. We That's weren't worried about them crying. They weren't being pinched by a crab or bleeding right. from the mouth or something. It's not such a bad thing that kids have to go through some stress in their life a little bit right. so that when they get older, they can deal with it and not feel so anxious. Yeah, I feel the same way about my, my puppy. When I see him start to get tired, I'm like, all right. That's great news. Have some peace and quiet. Yesterday, oh, I took a, puppies a and nap. Puppies same yeah. thing. Oh, yeah. Just Yesterday, wear them out. I actually, I took a nap in the floor with the puppy. Yeah. And uh, he woke up before me, and that was not great. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's move on. Uh, Stephen Choi asks uh, from Twitter, what is it that makes certain teams great in the third quarter? I mean, obviously, the Warriors have been this amazing third quarter team during their entire run. Um, in your experience, what, what is it that does that? Well, there's a couple of things. So first of all, great teams is a real simple formula. Great teams tend to play great. Good teams tend to play good. Bad, average teams tend to play average and bad teams tend to play bad. So what that means is if you want to look at it over a 12-minute segment, because you can do 6, 8, 12, whatever, the, the great team is going to have more good 12-minute segments than the good team. But they all live in all universes. Great teams play badly. Bad teams play great. The bad teams just don't play great very much. The great teams don't play badly very much, right? So first of all, a team like Golden State, the odds are greater. It's going to be one of four they're going to play great in, right? Because they're great anyway. Secondly, something's going on at halftime, typically, where they're getting rid of what's not working. 
They're, and they're just, you know, it, I don't think they're making huge adjustments in the regular season. They're not, okay, this sucks. This sucks. Let's stick with this. Uh, here's what the other team's doing on this. Let's tweak that up pretty good. That's good coaching and veteran players. And honestly, I think the Warriors sometimes, you know, um, I wrote this when I wrote about, uh, I think it was maybe Milwaukee. I forget who I wrote right about a couple weeks ago where I talked about how um, an orca will play with a seal sometimes. Yeah. Like, it's like to, the, to, to Golden State, the league's full of seals. So I think they flop around in the first half a lot, and they try to see how much they can win by in 24 minutes. Last that, night, they won. Yeah. They won in Houston without Durant and gave up a 14-2 run in regulation and won in regulation. Like, who's doing yeah. that? N- name another team in Houston or any playoff team that gives up a 14-2 run at the end of the game and still wins without their best score or second best score. That, that's a pretty special team. By the way, I'm starting to believe in Houston, but I, I got a question from uh, Mark Malabananen, uh about Boogie's performance last night in particular. Do you think that this is repeatable? I mean, I think it is against Houston because I don't think Capella can guard him. In particular, we saw him. Yeah. He really he abused Capella in the mid post. He yeah. would face up with Capella. And despite being slow, he's just so strong. He was able and, to just, and he can finish. Right. He was able to just touch. rip through on Capella. So I think they don't really have, I mean, Nene was out. So maybe that's the counter. I don't, I don't know. Well, how do you feel about it? I watched the game. Uh, I'm writing about Golden State next week. I think I'm going to push an article back till Friday because I'm doing a deep dive on them all week. Last night was game one. They go to Oklahoma city. They play um, uh, Minnesota at Minnesota. Who's playing great offense. Now they play Indiana at home. Uh, it'll be a nice little, we'll see what they look like beating Houston last night without Durant and he had nine game win streak that I think they're ready to wake up again. They've been asleep for a while since the all-star yeah. break. Um, I've done a bunch of research on that this morning. I think that, uh, I think they're going to be just fine. I don't want to go into too much detail, but sure. I just think if you're a golden state fan, just relax. See, yeah. We still have a long way to go and they know that, right? They know that. Hey, well, you want to be playing your best basketball here in the next, like, maybe like two weeks from now. Um, Houston has turned it around having Capella healthy. Chris Paul looks Paul. great. Um, Harden is worrying me a little bit. I mean, he's he been should. shooting, he's yeah. been shooting terribly since the all-star break. And then he's got that little wrist thing going on. Yeah. Um, but if he can, if he can, I think he needs like a week off. I just they won't the do road, it. I, I, right. I, I was asking with Daryl this week about, about PJ Tucker. Um, uh, and a few other things they, they won't. Yeah, they just don't rest guys. Right. And I think they, they need to. I mean, it's important to them to have a home court advantage. I get it. I think they actually want the two seed. Um, and, and so they're trying to get to the two seed. I mean, they, they'd won nine straight before they lost last night. I do think that that's their goal. But, man, they've got to just think a little bit further ahead. And, and you need Harden at 100 percent. And right now it, it looks like he's not. I mean, he's shooting like 28 percent. I think you're, Dave, I think you got it. I think I hadn't thought of it that way. I think you nailed it. They, they, they shouldn't worry less about the two seed and worry more about uh, letting Harden be at his best in game six and seven in some series. Yeah. I, I thought they were going to beat Golden State. I thought they had a 40% chance or so of beating Golden State last year going into the series, going into the playoffs even. I think it was six and four, I thought, for Golden State's favor. I don't remember exactly, but someone might remember what I said. Um, but uh, I don't feel that way now. Um, I think it's less than that. I think it's anything's possible with, with, with James Harden and Chris Paul. I think someone just wrote, uh, 
Chris Paul had his first layup in nine games Yeah, that was yesterday. Tom Haverstrow. NBC Tom, yeah. Sports. I thought it was Tom, Tom Haverstrow. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, that's not going to happen a whole lot. He's not going to get a lot of those. Right. Uh, Capella's amazing. Um, the West is pretty open after the one seed. Right. So I don't know. You know, Houston may not get to that last game. Well, I, so I, I just think that if they can play the way that they have since Capella's yeah, come back. Yeah, great. Right. Um, they look almost as good as they were last year. And I still, I have some reservations about the Warriors from the mental fatigue part. Now, once the playoffs hit, if they come out and they sweep that first round, I'm probably going to say, okay, well, this is the team that which, we which all they know. could do. Right. I mean, what seed they get because they'll get rest between games more so in that first round. Yeah. But I just want to see them. This is one of those, those instances where like, I can't take the field over the Warriors yet. Because I, I need to see how how it looks once they get to the playoffs, but I would just love to see them put their put the pedal to the metal and try to go sixteen and zero in the playoffs. Because if they did that, if everybody just said, you know what, forget all the noise, let's just go out, let's just win every game, and that's it, they could do it. No, no question about it. But uh, it's Houston? the mental part. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm talking uh, Golden State. Oh, it's right, the right. Mental of course, part of course, Golden State, right? right. Right. They, that's the only thing I worry. They're the only team to beat themselves what they've been saying that all along. We're the only team to beat ourselves. Yeah, that's it. That's, and right that's, now, that's always it when you're the best team and when you've got what, right, when we got what they've done. Exactly. Right. I mean, that's, the, the, I just, I was thinking about that. Dave, you and I will never be, like, I don't think we'll ever be as successful at anything we do ever than, than what that, this four year run, now going five years, has been for them. Yeah. It's Three crazy. world championships in a very tough league and then a record-breaking regular season and a heartbreaking game seven loss. Uh, it, it's to, to talk about humility. How do you yeah. stay humble when you can just turn it on the way they can turn it on and always have? So I, I think they'll, they'll be competitive when it matters most. They won't be the first team to do that. Right. Uh, I do think that they've got some some depth concerns. but the- I agree. But uh, I mean, you know, that's this is like first world problems of the NBA, you know, like, oh, Alfonso McKinney is not very good. OK, darn. You know, like who cares? I, I hate to be such a nihilist about it, but that's the truth is like, you know, when you're when when your top six guys are as good as theirs. Um, and, if, you know, let's say Livingston actually regains his form. It looks a little bit better once the playoffs hit. I, it's just I don't know, man. They got seven guys who you know, are up there among the top. Looney, Looney's playing better, right? Looney's great. Well, all right. I want to talk about Looney because every time he plays the Rockets, all of a sudden, everyone realizes that he's very good at what he does. He's so good he's, at switching. He's so great at switching. He doesn't foul. He, he you know, he plays, he guards Harden perfectly. Yeah. Why they he were seeking out that well. switch. Yeah. Why they were seeking out that switch. I'll never understand because he keeps his hands back. He always defends from the side on the, on the step they back. Yep. And he's so good at containing like guards just can't get around him despite the fact that he's not this great athlete. It's, it's, it's wild to me. There, there might not be five other guys in the league that can get as much out of their bodies as he does. Let's, let's talk about that word athlete. I I, I agree with your assessment. Totally. Well, I just mean like explosion. No, I agree with your assessment. Totally. Uh, so what lots of players have in the NBA is that incredible speed, quickness, jumping. But you know, you know, people love to see when you cross a guy over, you, you know, you start, stop, show and go, and someone falls over. Okay. I, I don't typically like it. 
It's part of the game, whatever. Sure. But that's athleticism too, when defensively you keep your body, I call it stacked, you keep it linear, head over shoulders, over hips, over knees, right over your feet. Um, you're in line. And so your balance is there. So Looney's one of those guys that can slide right, stop, move back again, and not fall down. Right. And when you're, how tall is he? 6'9", 6'10", long. 6'10", something like that. Yeah, I mean, that's what a good defensive player looks like when you don't fall down, when you can keep changing direction a bunch of times and slide quickly and stop suddenly because the more explosive guys tend to lose their balance because they're moving faster. That ability to stop on a dime and start again defensively, it's like a cornerback, uh, not a quarterback, a cornerback defensively in football has got to have that ability. You do a dumb move on a cornerback, if he starts falling down, he ain't going to make it far. Bless you. He ain't going to make it far. You've got to be able to keep your feet. A, a, a fallen defender is dead in any sport. You have right. to stay on your feet. You have to stay balanced, ready to move. And so that is an athleticism too. Absolutely. That is a skill also. And Looney, so 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 think about what you just said, Dave. It's not just six. Because when Livingston is on, I thought he did some good things last night. Easy, yeah. easy buckets. That's seven. Now Looney's eight. I still wonder if there's a buyout guy for them uh, that's more veteran than what they have. Too, too late. Uh, they would no, have to. Not a, not oh, a, for, for, for buyout guy? Not a, yeah, not a buyout, but someone that's not playing. Right. Uh, if he was playing before, like I, I, uh, the kid that I worked on last week is not going to go there. He's young, but he's eligible because he was on a roster. Right. Uh, I just wonder what they're going to do. But they're, they're eight deep now. And I think the biggest key is, and I've said this on our show at the beginning of the year, I think Cousins give. I don't think Cousins needs to start. I've always said that. I agree. I think they're better off bringing him off the bench anyway. Matchup big. Was that just use him as a matchup guy? I I, I, w- I would use him more than that, but I would definitely use him off the bench. He can finish games if you need him to. Uh, I, they're not doing that now. Maybe that'll change. But he is an incredible um, uh, kind of kind of a special magic trick. If right. Rant, Curry, Thompson go down for a particular game in the playoffs or two, they 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 bring another All Star in. He's not. Oh, gonna we be saw it last night with that starting five. Right. Well, I mean, he we is, saw it last night. Yeah. Right. Right. Durant's out. And for me, right. look, if you look at the the teams that that you know you actually need to worry about. All right. Let's say Houston. Well, he matches up very well. We saw it last night. Uh, the Nuggets. So he matches up with Jokic. Uh, I can't off the top of my head. I don't know how they've been head to head, but that's something I'm going to dig into going into the playoffs. Uh, OKC, Steven Adams. So it's not like, you know, you've got to worry about, you know, obviously the Warriors have, have figured out they created the problem of small ball with their death lineup. Well, now they've got a big ball lineup because Cousins can actually be a big body and be right. out there. And he doesn't have to outplay those other guys. No. They just hold his own. Around him. Right. Just, just Here's your role. And I think they're going to be able to, uh, line him up better with what they need from him in the postseason when they're able to say to him, okay, it's only about today. And if we have 16 todays, you're getting a ring, right? You're going to be a valuable player and you're going to get paid, which is all we want you to do. We want you to help us win a championship. We want to help you get paid somewhere else, preferably far east of here. Right. So we won't see you <laughs> until the finals next year. Yeah. Uh, that, that's, that's an easy sell. Yeah. And if you're DeMarcus's agent, who I don't know who he rep- is representing him, uh, can can say the same thing like, dude, for 16 games, never once think about yourself. Right. Only think about winning that game, playing your role. It's all going to be helpful in the long run for you. 
Yeah. And, and, you know, again, man, like I was re- really impressed with him last night. He, the threat of him as a passer. He, we talked they a ran lot of him in the first quarter. They yeah, ran the offense was, through him. He was incredible. Yeah. Um, and then Bogut. So they're, they're adding Bogut. Oh, that's right. That's the other guy. And got. I think he's going to play some, some actual minutes, like more than people are expecting. I think he's going to get like in that eight to 10 minute range. Uh, we'll see if that holds up in the playoffs, but. Well, what I, if they had a, what so if they had a crazy passing. lineup of uh, Livingston, uh, Durant, Cousins, um, Looney, and uh, Bogut? When would they ever play that? Zone fuckers up. <laughs> well, so, all right, I want, here's my question. Have you, You've been watching as much as I have. Have you noticed how much the Nets and the Raptors have been going into their zone? And I how much it is, tweeted it. it is fucking teams up. Yeah, that's it what, is, that's what I'm mean, saying. Teams do not look. If you don't have four or five shooters on the court, the Nets and the Raptors are going to zone up. That is it. So you better be able to shoot. And I'm talking to you, Boston, one of the worst shooting teams in the league. How's Boston going to get out of out of a series? You know, with I mean, they're going to have to create points on defense. But how are they going to how are they going to beat the Raptors when they can't shoot? I, I just I don't see it happening. Uh, Detroit, you know, they, they don't stand a chance cause they don't have the shooting. This is, this is something that's super interested in me. I love the idea of teams being smart about using the zone because it used to be, uh, it was almost like your honor, you know, like I remember well, playing so, pickup. So, well, you only so don't play zone. Let's think about, right. Of course, of course you're right. Yeah. Think about this though. So on, on your idea. So Livingston six, seven long. Okay. Let's go, let's go clay at two. Cause you got a great shooter. Six, six eight. seven. Yeah. Six, seven, six, eight. Yeah. Durant, seven foot. Right? Yeah. Uh, uh, go with uh, Cousins, six, eleven. Yeah. And Bogan inside at seven foot, seven, one. And you've still got uh, two elite shooters in, in Durant and Thompson. Durant, more of a playmaker. Uh, run some, run their post splits with them with your high, low stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see some of that and then zone it up on the other end uh, in the regular season. Just to fuck with teams. I just want to see it because it'd be fun to see. Yeah. I love, man, I love that, that stuff. Uh, last, uh, was it last night or night before last? The Nets actually first defensive possession of the game. They were in the zone. Yeah. And that was a new look from them. Like yeah. th- the, this whole zone thing, like to me, this, you can tell the coaches that are really thinking the game. Yeah. Because they're willing to, to defy convention. And they should. Um, and then on the, on the converse, Toronto, you can't zone up Toronto, especially if Marcus Saul's on the court, because Marcus Saul is a zone buster. He can he can get the ball at the elbow and he can make every single pass, or he could just shoot. So shoot too, right? Yeah. Right. So who, who who are you? How do you handicap the East today? I, I have I have the Bucks one because I just think you know when you've got a guy like Giannis, he you know he's just incredible. And then anyone in the East win a championship this year? You think besides Milwaukee? Because I, I might, and Troop, I did an odds. Yeah. Uh, just to my eye, and I don't think anyone else but them can win a championship. Yeah, I don't, I don't see it. Um, Toronto. I love, if, I love Toronto too. Yeah, if everything hits right, but I, I just think, um, you know, I need to see it from Kyle Lowry in the playoffs. That's that's like a real thing. Um, Kawhi, I'm I'm still not confident with his leg. Like he's just missing a lot of time, and unless this is just some pre, uh, you know predetermined thing that they said, all right, well, we're just going to do this all year just to make sure. Um, I mean, but he's still missing games and it's almost April and, and they're worried about that leg. So, you know, I wonder about it. 
Do we, I honestly, well, I it know. seems like it. They're yeah, doing the load only, management. Only guessing, right? Yeah. But I mean, I can only go based on how they're treating them. And I mean, the load management is still happening and it's mid March. So, uh, he doesn't look out of shape. Not to me when I'm watching him play. I mean, he's getting buckets and obviously the defense is there. Um, I think Toronto does have a, a chance. And then the thing about Philly that is extremely interesting to me is they have so much high end talent. And that starting their new starting lineup is killing teams. It's not not a lot of minutes, but they are killing teams. Which is what we thought they would do. Right. Great starting five. And so and in the playoffs, it's it's the best starting five. Uh, potentially. The Warriors starting five is not the best. No. I, I would say it's now. probably Philly. Uh well, it definitely is Philly by the numbers, but I'm saying when you look at it on you know, just on paper. Yeah. Um so I think that sort of high-end talent is what the league is all about. That's how you win games. That's why everyone's trying to put together a big three, you know, and they've got a big four. So the chemistry stuff is, is coming around. They're only going to get better. So as long as everyone's healthy, I give Philly a really good chance. I, I might have Philly above Toronto because of that talent and because I don't think they have the one question mark being Embiid's you know, back or knee or whatever. Um, outside of that, I think that they, that starting five is ridiculous. So I don't know how you can how you can guard them. The the team I still don't believe in is Boston. I mean, even they they went on that nice three one three and one road trip. Um, you know, of course they were going to lose to the Clippers, right? Like that was a probably a schedule loss. I mean, three uh, yeah, three and four and four and six in terms of games per night. Yeah, they were yeah. dead. They yeah. gave up 37, 39, and thirty nine. Without Tatum, too, one less guy. They're tired of shit. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I take that away. I still am not convinced that that they're going to shoot well enough in the playoffs to, to make it happen. But, you know, I've been wrong about this before. I didn't think they were going to make the Eastern Conference Finals last year. Nope, nobody did. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I, it is, I will say it's the most compelling thing about the playoffs coming up is that top four in the East. Um, by the way, the Pacers are going to be a hard out. I think the Nets are going to be a hard out. The Pistons, if everything goes right, they're they're going to be a tough team. You know, um, the Bucks are going to have an easy route to the second round. <laughs> I mean, you know, they're oh, going to play Miami, Miami or probably, Charlotte Miami's, or but Miami's been playing great lately. Yeah, but you know, the Bucks are I mean, yeah, the Bucks are much better. elite. So um, yeah, I, I think that this is going to be fun. I'm really excited for the playoffs, especially the East. Uh, I think it's going to be a good time. What, so you don't think anyone but the Bucks is, has a chance? To win a championship, no. But I want to, to go win. back to what okay. you said. So your 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 best five for the Raptors lineup is only played 137 possessions. So Lowry, Green, Leonard, um, uh, Saikem, and uh, Siakam. Siakam, I mean, and Gasol. Yeah, and Gasol. That's uh, plus 16. So yeah. it's 81st percentile amongst all lineups. But some of those lineups include, you know, 15 possessions. They don't really right. count. Um, I think that. Uh, Oh yeah, no, no, it's got to be at least out of possession. So still top top nineteen percent. I I love that group. I thought they'd be very good. I think Gasol should be the first guy to come out of that group, and because he'll help the bench play better. Absolutely, his his passing ability makes everybody better. Powell, yeah, right. Powell has has looked amazing next to Gasol. Yeah, Yeah. Um, I I was going to say what you said about the Pacers. Like they're just they're just fucking tough to play. They're just tough. I give Nate McMillan. Uh, I, I, I'll, I'll be honest with you. People say to me, they love they know that I don't care about a job in the NBA, so I tell it like it is. Most people in my position 
especially the years I've been doing it, you know, they want to get back in the NBA. I, I've never, I've turned down head coaching jobs. I've turned down management jobs. I don't want any of it ever. Probably maybe when I'm 65, my kids are long gone, whatever. I don't know. My wife leaves me who knows, but I don't want to be, I don't want to be in that. So I tell it like it is. I used to think Nate McMillan sucked. Me too. I quite frankly, I'm pretty sure I'm right. He sucked. I love him now. And I, and I love, and I told this to David Griffin. I love that uh, a long time ago, uh, coaches can change. Coaches can get better. Whatever has happened, I'm going to credit Nate. They, they, they should be a model for, not everyone can have Greg Popovich. So you can't use the Spurs as a model because right. you're never going to have a coach as good as Pop, okay? But, but the Pacers, I mean, Nate McMillan was just average at best. And what he's done with that team, the identity they play with, they, they lost Oladipo. And there's been some suffering, but they're still hanging in there. Right. And I just don't think you're going to sweep them. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to leave you battered and bruised. Those guys, they exact something from you when they play. And I love that. And I'm glad you mentioned Detroit, who got beat up again last night badly. Uh, uh, they've been shooting great. They probably can't keep that up. They had the best uh, net margin since the All-Star break. Yeah. Uh, Drummond's been incredible. Griffin's been better. Reggie Jackson's been very good, which is always the key. They, they're not going to go, you know, they'll be lucky to win a game probably in round right. one, but, it, but they're still a pain, but they're one of my most exciting teams to, to consider what if they got a really good two guard and you probably would know better than me even like who that might be. Well, Danny, Danny green's going to be a free agent this summer and Danny green. All right, listen, I, I know everybody gets tired of hearing me talk about Danny. Green. I love Danny green. He's amazing. And him. he's the perfect guy for every team that's looking for, for a wing. He is the because he doesn't need the ball. Yeah, he's, you're gonna have you know Reggie Jackson at the one. You want Danny Greenish at the two. You want that. You don't yep. want another playmaking two. Not with yeah. him there. Not with and Blake because Blake's your other playmaker anyway. Right, that's your point guard. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Danny Green, I think, is going to command a decent amount of money this summer, and he's going to be able to pick where he wants to go. And you know, Philly is probably going to come calling, which they so, should. So Butler's leaving. Uh, maybe. I think he's maybe. Leaving. But I, I'd be more worried. JJ might leave. Um, yeah, but, they both might leave, but right. I think Butler's gone. Now, I say gone now. LeBron was never going to leave Miami, but until they lost to San Antonio, right? That was not happening. So who? So let's see if Toronto makes it to the finals. Are they really all leaving? Because right now, I think I think Butler is leaving, but it's subject to change because they're allowed to change their minds. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, Danny Green is a guy that I, I think every team probably has on their list for this summer. Who else? Right. What if so. JJ went to Detroit? Well, yeah. So JJ will be available. He's a shooter. Uh, I don't think that'll happen though. I don't, I have no idea where he's looking to go. Yeah. I don't know if him and yeah, I mean, JJ is going to have a market. See, this is the the thing. Like this is where the markets come into play. Do you want to live in Detroit? (laughs) I mean, no offense. You're asking the wrong guy. You know, I have to write my tank up at three days a year. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I think that market does sort of matter. If, if I'm choosing between Detroit and Philadelphia, I probably have the money too. Sure. Detroit that much worse than Philly. Um, I've not been to Detroit. Yeah, probably. Long time. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Uh, yeah, probably. <clears throat> Maybe. Have you been there? Uh, no, 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 no. But it's way colder. Right. And they get all that lake effect snow up in, uh, That's... up in Detroit. I don't know. What's, what's the weather like in San Antonio? Is it warm? Oh man. It's beautiful right now. Yeah, I've got here. like another week where it's going to be really, really nice. And then it's going to be sweltering. Yeah. Um, I'm bummed out about it, but. Uh, all right. Well, uh, that's it for the show. Let's, uh, let's give me a, give me a closing, closing note here. 
Okay, so closing note. Um, we we addressed this a little bit earlier about anxiety. I I really am so appreciative Adam Silver talked about it. And um, as, as I know you're a parent of a dog, I'm a parent of, of kids. We all we all have to do our part to recognize that it's not it's not fair to say, well, things were different in my day. What what is what good does that do? This is the reality our kids are faced with. All of you, any of you listening to this that have children, uh, uh, be mindful that it's it's a different world. And you know what? This this college uh, scandal going on, it's not surprising. Like right. that shit's been happening for a long, long time and probably always will. And our kids are up against it for a lot of reasons. Uh, we don't want them neurotic. We want them ambitious. We want them focused uh, within reason. We want them... We only get one life. I'm sorry. If you want to believe there's a better life beyond, good for you. But most of us recognize that this is it. This is the life we get. And it, it can't just be full of happy, happy, joy, joy, puppy dogs and ice cream. But it could be a lot of that. And so let's just be mindful of of taking advantage of all that's going well and good. And we can be we can, you know, point out some things. Let's do better at this. Let's do better at this. But but generally speaking, we need to be focused on them finding some joy in their life and some happiness in their life and being able to deal with the disappointment in a, in a professional, mature way as they get older, uh, just like our players need to do and not let the weight of the world weigh them down because they should not be trying to support the world. They just got to worry with themselves and then their family and their close friends and, and they're allowed to have some joy and, and not feel like the whole world's on them all the time and that everything has to be drama and stress. We, we got to get away from that. I uh, couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, for Coach Thorpe and for the super producer, Jade Hoy, which was who was very quiet today, uh, I'm Dave DeFore. We'll be back next week with more Nerder She Rose. Oh.